Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Our culture is really focused on, on money. And uh, if you would have had a grandparent uh, back in 1982 that was thinking about you before you were born... And in their wisdom, they would have said, you know what, I think I'm going to have grandparents someday. I'm going to buy some stock in this company, this fruit company called Apple. I'm just going to put 100 bucks. I'm going to buy 100 bucks of stock. I'm going to have like, maybe I'll have eight grandkids. I'm going to spend $800. Each one of them is going to get $100 worth of stock in mid-July 1982. If your grandparents in wisdom had done that, the return on their investment, you would be going to college for free and you would have an additional $50,000 for a down payment on a house if they had chosen to do that back when the price of one share of Apple was 22 cents. Crazy to think about. I think today it ended at like 330 or 370 I have no idea, something like that. Crazy, right? But a return on your investment. If How many of you high school students have jobs? How many of you have jobs? How many of you middle school students have jobs? Okay. I want you to put this in your thinker for a minute. Let's pretend that you got a job when you were 16. That job, and, and you were like the hardest working high school kid, and maybe you worked like 15 hours a week. And so you took home like maybe, maybe 110, maybe $115 a week. And you were faithful just 15 hours a week. That's all you worked. But you took half of what you made every year and you said, you know what, I'm not going to touch that. Starting when you were 16. When you reached the age of 65, you would have well over a million dollars in that account. And you would never have to increase the amount in your investment because the return would be so incredible. Crazy, right? And here's the crazier thing. We get wowed at stuff like that. But that's investing in things, you guys, that aren't going to even last. Like when we talk about like a return on investment, it might be hard for you guys to hear about that. I'm not going to talk about what you're doing with your money tonight because I know, I know how it rolls in you guys' pockets. If you, get, if you got $10 at the beginning of the day, basically your mission in life is to spend that $10 before the sun goes down. Like 90% of you in this room. There's a few of you that, that are like one of my kids that loves to save it. But most of you, it's like, I got 10 bucks. I got to do something. I can live like a king at Dollar Tree. You know? I can get all the cheap toys I can handle at Dollar Tree with that. But here's the deal. God understood the role that money, power, and influence played in the culture of his day. And he knew the role that it was going to play in the culture of our day. And Jesus was standing up on a hill preaching a sermon to an entire, like an eclectic. This is a word that means like uh, just a, just a, a huge, like dy dynamic, diverse variety, a group of people. Uh, they were up on a hill listening to Jesus teach. And he leans into this message about money and wealth. And the people that were on the side of that hill, you guys, came from all different backgrounds. It was, there were church people there. There were people that were curious. And then there were these other people that were just like, dude, I, everybody's going. I'm FOMO and I'm, I'm going with them. 
I see all the people on the hill. I've got to know what's going on on the hill. And when they showed up, little did they know that they were going to be hearing a sermon. And it's very similar to this room. Some of you guys are all about what God is all about in your lives and in your heart. Some of you are curious, but you're not, you're not, you're not totally sold. And some of you guys are just like, I, man, everybody's there. I, I'm going to show up too. I want you guys to hear, not just hear, but listen to what God may have to say to you tonight. In Matthew chapter 6, this series we've been reading scripture together. So I'd like you guys to stand up. We're going to read scripture together from the screen. I never saw what my back of my ears looked like before. That was pretty fun. So Matthew chapter 6 says this. Do not, so we're going to read this together. Ready? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy. Nice. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, you guys can have a seat. I want you guys to know this. I want your hearts to be in the right place. We spend a lot of time investing our lives. When we hear the word investing, we think about money. I want you guys to think about what you have to invest because you guys have something so valuable, so valuable to invest. You guys have time, energy, and emotion. And you invest those things. You can't be reckless with your time and your energy and emotion. And just the way Jesus was talking to those people on the hill, because on the hill, those people, that room was full of extremely rich people that had been taking advantage of extremely poor people that were on the same hill hearing the same message. And what I love about that message is that Jesus was able to say two very clear things to both of those groups. To you rich people, if you're storing up your treasures here on earth, they're going to be gone. They're going to be worthless someday. What you're storing up doesn't have a future. And what he was saying to the extremely poor, he was going, look, there's hope. Don't tie your life to what you can and can't hold on to financially, what you can and can't have in your homes, in your garages, in your pockets. Don't hold on to those things. And he was able to say that so clearly in Matthew chapter 6. And he said, look, we have to stop storing up our treasures on earth because that's, everything here is going to be gone. It's going to be worthless. You have got to store up treasure in heaven. And I understand, you guys, we, like in this room, just going to say it again. I know that there may not be a ton of money, but you guys have time, energy, and emotion, and I want to challenge you tonight with how you're investing your time, your energy, and your emotion. Because when it comes to investing in kingdom things, so that your heart can be in the, your heart will be in the right place 
for eternity, if you're going to invest in things that will be in heaven, uh, I, the chairs that you're sitting on, uh, these will not be in heaven. The gym floor that you're standing on will not be in heaven. The clothes that you're wearing will not be in heaven. I'm not saying that everyone will be naked in heaven, but what I'm saying is your clothes. Like the things that you have, the things that you place value on, none of these things will exist in eternity. However, our relationships, our relationships will exist in eternity. And there's three relationships I want to talk about tonight. And you need to listen, and you need to listen very, very close. The first relationship that you have to start with is your relationship with yourself. And don't confuse this with me saying you need to look out for number one and you're the most important person in the world. What I'm saying is you need to repair the relationship that you have with yourself. The way that you look at yourself, the way that you speak of yourself, the way that you say things like people can't forgive me, I feel lonely, I'm not accepted, I'm feeling like an exile, I'm feeling left out. I am not lovable. That whole long list of things that we allow the world to speak into our minds. And the craziest thing, you guys, I don't know where that stuff comes from because it doesn't come from anybody that wants the best for you. It doesn't come from any of those places. If you're like looking at your, your life situation and you're going, this is as worse as it can be and I'm the worst person in the world, nothing is ever going to change. The first relationship that has to change is your relationship with yourself. Because regardless of your social status as a student, regardless of your athletic ability, your musical ability, your scholastic ability, God thinks differently of you. And your relationship with yourself has got to be Repaired. And it starts with allowing God to speak truth. So when God says, no child, you're my child. Don't ever speak poorly of who my child is. Because I have immense value for you. In fact, I place the value of the life of my son on you is what God is saying to you. So don't call that worthless. Don't call that stupid. Don't call that an idiot. Don't call that uh, uh, un like I, I can't do a thing. Stop it because I have placed immense value on you. And some of you in this room, some of you in this room right now, are like, I get it, Josh, I understand, I know what God thinks of me, but I have to say it over and over again because many of you truly, truly, truly think nothing but the worst about yourself. And that change has to start there. Because then what will happen next is the next step in working on your relationship with God because God is looking at you so clearly. God is looking at you square in the face and going, do you understand that I want a presence here? I want to step in. This is a relationship that I want your time, your energy, your emotion, so that I can change the course of your life. 
If you keep reading in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus goes on to challenge people with the way that they love their neighbors, with the way that they, uh, the way that they treat humans, the way that they love and the way that they uh, don't hate and the way that they give and the way that they're generous. He goes on and on and on and going, I want to change all of this about your life so you can be building up treasure in a place that moth and rust did not destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal because students, everything we place so much value on in this world will be gone. Your athletic ability will be out the window. Your stuff, your phones get outdated in like three years. You think they're going to be in eternity? No. Your wardrobe that you're so proud of, those shoes that you squealed when you got them, they're going to be gone. None of that is going with you. When you reach the age, even if you did invest and you had a bankroll and you looked me in the eye and you're like, I'm a millionaire now. I'd go, good for you. You ain't taking none of it with you. None of it is going to go. But the relationships will. Starting first with your relationship with yourself. And then the most definitive one. Your relationship with God, taking care of that so that your heart is placed in the right place in eternity. Now, I want you to remember this. On the side of this mountain, you guys, it was full of people that this was shaking their world. It was rich people that had a lot, and he's looking them right in the eye and going, everything you have is worthless. It was poor people that literally might walk out their their door in the morning on their way to work and there's a, there's a gutter of feces running down the street and there might be someone that had died the night before that the family just pushed the body out into the alley and nobody was tending to it. And that was their life and they're scrapping and clawing to get ahead. And any time that those poor people would get ahead, these rich people would tax them and take whatever extra they had. Can you imagine the animosity in that room? Excuse me, on that hill. That same animosity, that same resentment, listen, exists in this room. Those rich people on the side of that hill likely never took time to listen to the story of the hurt and the pain and the despair in the life of those poverty-driven, poverty-stricken. And those poverty-stricken people probably lived with such bitterness that there's no way they're going to give them a light of day. I don't even want to talk to them. Because the whole time they're just pressing me down. I see the way they look at me. Which is the third piece. The relationships that you need to invest time, energy, and emotion in are these. That same struggle exists in this room, students. I know it does. People in this room that don't take time to hear the story of the other person in their small group. Yeah, maybe you sit there, but when you pass in the hallway, you avoid eye contact. 
even though you know you're going to be sitting in the same circle with the same coaches, you avoid eye contact. You don't have the time of day for them. And those of you in this room that maybe you feel like you've been pressed down upon, people look at you poorly. Maybe there have been people that have tried to reach out to you, but you're so hardened and angry that you won't even listen. Maybe you won't even listen to a coach that's trying to look you in the eye and say, look, do you understand? I care about you and I want you here. Would you please hear me? There is another way. You are so busy pursuing life and investing your time, your energy, and your emotion into things that will not last. And it's, it's headed for destruction. I need you to hear me. Your coaches are screaming it. Parker is screaming it in, in sermons. And like your, your friends are probably wanting you to, to hear. And you won't listen. So just like on that sermon, on that hill, I look at this room. And we've got like a physical divide, right? And like I'll be honest with you guys, like, like I understand that in this room, there's some people that like are really engaged here and like are really wanting to be here. And I know that some of you even have voiced displeasure in going, I can't stand what this has become. I don't enjoy being here because of how people are quote unquote behaving and and to those of you that that thought has crossed your mind, I want to wake you up and go, your mission field is in this room. This here tonight, we have the hope that we're wanting to reach and save the lost. Your mission field is right before you. It's in your small group. It's here for you to be patient. And it's here for you to be loving. It's here for you to be compassionate. It's right in front of you. And for those of you in this room that feel overlooked, you feel like life has like, dealt you a hand that you can't overcome, give the rest of the room a chance. Invest your time, your energy, your emotion into healing relationships with people. Because I know I don't want heaven to be empty. I want to be heaven, heaven to be full of people that that I, want, I, I hope and pray that I can recognize faces, have joy and celebrate in good and wonderful things that God has done in the life of others so that if I get there first or you get there first and we get to look each other in the eye, I'll be able to smile and go, how did we get in? We don't deserve to be here. But then we'll remember that we do because Jesus was willing to die for us and we allowed people to speak into our lives. And we took a chance on repairing our relationships with ourselves, with God, and with others. I don't know what you guys will choose to do or not do. Uh, it's a wonderful thing that we roll the dice every week and we do our best to set you up for success. Even you guys in this room that you know that you've been a pain in, in me and Parker's butt, 
You know who you are. I want you to hear it from stage. I want you here. I want you here. I want you here. It's because I've got hope that I know that the Holy Spirit can move and change lives. Students, we've been called to rise to reach. We cannot be selfish with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been called to rise to reach. We cannot keep the gospel to ourselves. This city is full of hurt. This room is full of hurt. I'm not even telling you to step outside of this room yet. Let's start with the people that are already here. Let's share hope. Let's share true love. Let's share Jesus. Father, you have called us to be a light in, dark, in a dark world. Father, I know there is depth to the healing of all kinds of relationships for these students in this room. Many of them need to repair first that relationship with themselves so, Lord, they can hear your voice and repair that relationship. They can allow you in to start healing. They can allow you in to repair brokenness and depravity and sin and awfulness and shame. They can allow you into that. And then, Father, so that we can, we can repair our relationships with each other. Jesus, only an act of the Holy Spirit can do that. And Lord, that is what we have been praying for. That is what we anticipate. And Lord, I know that I am not asking too much of the students in this room. Father, help us to store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break and steal, break in and steal. Lord, we want our treasure to be with you because that's where we want our heart to land for eternity. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.